Want to know why all of a sudden American corporations have suddenly gone so woke? At first glance, you think it can't be about the money. Budweiser, Disney, Target, they've all lost billions in sales and billions in market cap. But when you look behind the headlines, you learn it is about the money. Corporate executives, C-suite types, they're actually incentivized by their shareholders to enact woke policy. It's in their pay packages. It's demanded by their board and, yes, by the shareholders. Now, how can this be? To learn the answer, let's turn to a friend and fellow warrior in the fight to promote genuine free enterprise, Scott Shepard. Scott is a fellow at the National Center as well as the director of the National Center's Free Enterprise Project. He's taught at law schools, including Wake Forest in North Carolina and Williamette University College of Law in Oregon. And he's the author of legal textbooks, Will, Wills, Trusts, and Estates in Context. He previously served as policy director with the Yankee Institute in Connecticut and the manager of the Water Law Project at the Pacific Legal Foundation. He also has experience in government and private practice. Welcome, Scott, to the Economic War Room. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin, and I promise I'll try to be more interesting than that, uh, than that intro uh, suggests. <laughs> you know, we, what we're facing is the evils of ESG, and we've been in this fight together for quite a while on this. Uh, corporations have gone excessively woke, but how is it that they've gone so woke? What's the problem that we're facing? Well, uh, as, as you said in your intro, um, uh, in any basic business sense, none of this makes any sense. Uh, Budweiser, if you, as you've seen, and, and many of your uh, viewers will have seen, is it's giving away free beer right now, if you include all the mail-in rebates and everything, because it'll be cheaper than having to bring back the stale, unsold beer, which, is, which they've already offered to wholesalers, in order to keep from blowing up all those contracts and having a, a class action on their hands. Target is down $9 billion in just the last couple of days, and that's down from a very low base because Target's been losing uh, uh, losing share value for quite a long time and is way, way off of its its tops. And it did that. Now, <clears throat> you think about where any individual American is on the spectrum of responses to the transgender craze. Very, very few of them, even the ones who are live and let live or, you know, have have. Um, a sort of sympathetic uh, response to it. Even they aren't really excited to celebrate it or to have children involved in it or to celebrate Satanism as part of the whole transgender joy package. And yet that's, those are the things that Target did. And they put them at the front of their stores and they, um, and they really celebrated all of this, including for children, and they've lost a ton as they should. But what what these companies face now is not just uh, the obvious pressure to do right by uh, consumers and, and uh, possible consumers. They're now faced with threats from the biggest investment houses in the country, BlackRock, uh, Larry Fink, um, State Street, Ron O'Hanley, those are the CEOs who have taken to uh, investing on the basis of, of politics, partisan politics that turn out to be discrimination on the basis of equity and um, political schedule decarbonization, which are the same goals, the whole of government goals of this present Biden administration. Larry Fink comes out, we're not woke, we're not partisan, but I'm a lifelong Democrat and doing exactly what this uh, Democrat uh, administration wants. And so what he does is he takes money 
invested with BlackRock, to which he owes a fiduciary duty to act objectively, and uses the pressure of all of those trillions to make these companies do stupid things that are, are obviously hurting them way deep down, um, because otherwise he'll pull his funding. Yeah, so what you just described, though, BlackRock is the shareholder, and they're actually using economic incentives to drive corporate behavior contrary to the true shareholders, the people who own the shares of BlackRock uh, through the index funds and so forth. Basically, it's a bait and switch on the American people. Yeah, that, I mean, that's absolutely right. And if you want to be absolutely technical about it, because we find out the Bank of America and BlackRock and all these other woke corporations work hand in glove with this administration to deny Americans basic rights and just constrain their lives. It turns out that big government and big business working together to constrain fundamental rights has a name, and that name is fascism. <laughs> Absolutely. It was used in Nazi Germany. It was used in, in Italy under Mussolini. Absolutely. That's how you control people and having them work together, not for the interests of the American people, not for their shareholders, not for their consumers or customers. They're working with a specific political agenda in mind. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. It's the left wing agenda. And um, keep in mind, as you as you noted, this isn't Larry Fink's money. He's not the shareholder. The share ultimate shareholders are the people who buy into these ETFs and who are represented by are not even the pension funds themselves, but the people to whom the pensions are owed. You go out and, and uh, uh, pull the average American teamster or. You know, any uh, any unionized employee other than teachers unions or you go out and poll just about any um, uh, just about any average American, you're not going to get, as these companies have found out, massive and, and prideful support for screwing with kids heads about about vital issues that they're too young for and then celebrating this as the, the most important thing that these companies can do. And so, um, you know, you see you see the great gap and, and that gap between what Larry Fink wants and what the ultimate investors wants is the, the distance to which he fails in his fiduciary duties and ought to be sued about it. He ought to be sued, but he's actually getting support from the government. He's getting applauded on the international stage because the woke uh, movement uh, loves him. He's a superhero to them. But there are a few people who are calling him out. And one of those people calling him out is you, Scott. Well... Thank you for thank you for that. In fact, we just uh, were at the um, the BlackRock shareholder meeting last week, and we, you know, he's been pushing uh, discrimination in the name of equity, not just at BlackRock but at other companies, and he did that ex uh, ex expressly to in letters to CEOs over the last two years. This year, he didn't write a letter to CEOs, and uh, and he didn't mention equity once. And I think. If, if I'm being a little bold here, I apologize, but I think in part that's because we've pointed out to him numbers of times that, you know, when you get together to push other people or organizations to deny Americans basic civil rights, and we all have the same civil rights, not to be discriminated against race, sex, and orientation, what you're doing is conducting a criminal conspiracy to violate civil rights. Yeah, and we're going to need to take a jail. break, Scott. When we come back, let's dive further into that very subject. We're talking with Scott Shepard from the Free Enterprise Project about why American companies have gone so woke. And you can trace it back to a letter that Larry Fink wrote 
several years ago, where you basically put people on notice that we're not just looking out for the best return for shareholders, we're gonna look at these other factors and they're important because in the long run, I think they'll get the best return for shareholders or something like that, right? Scott, do you remember that letter? Yes, I remember that letter. And I remember the concomitant action by the business roundtable, which is just a luncheon club for CEOs. It doesn't have any authority or power. And frankly, these CEOs can pay for their own dang lunches. But uh, but they got together under Jamie Dimon's leadership and said, oh, well, we're going to redefine the purpose of an American corporation. It's no longer as it is under law and still is uh, shareholder value. Instead, now it's uh, stakeholder capitalism, where we're going to do good for all stakeholders by various uh, moves. Well, no, of course, not all of anything, any group agrees about anything. And so it was an, a lie from the start that um, stakeholder capitalism was going to work. And then with Larry Fink's follow-up letter to CEOs, a lot of these CEOs who supported the move from uh, to stakeholder capitalism, they thought, oh, well, I can sock puppet some stakeholders and get to infuse a little of my own personal politics into my company. Instead, what they discovered is, oh no, this was an opportunity for uh, Jamie Dimon at a too big to fail bank, and um, and Mike uh, Brian Moynihan at Bank of America, and J uh, Larry Fink at BlackRock, to put you in a vice. And with that letter, what Larry was telling him is, aha, the trap is now is now sprung. You're going to do not your personal policy preferences, but my personal policy preferences and Brian Moynihan's personal policy preferences. And you sure are going to like it, regardless of what it does to your share price. And so they get to be the masters, the CEOs. If anybody's on the line, it's the CEOs and their subordinates. But they have to take uh, partisan and uh, non-fiduciary uh, marching orders from these, uh, these self-appointed masters of the universe. Well, and one of the ways they've done it is they've kind of a sue and settle approach. They've used outside groups to, they've got these shareholder resolutions, and then they take the votes that belong to everybody else, but they use the votes themselves and vote their interests on those. Explain the shareholder proposal process. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> shareholder proposals have always been an option, but about 30 years, nobody noticed. About 30 years ago, the left noticed there's a, a giant as you sow coalition that's been it's their 30th anniversary. And they started using these uh, proposals to push corporations to the left. And for a long time, the corporations more or less ignored them, recognizing that uh, that moving in a partisan direction was certainly going to upset lots of customers and more customers than it was going to draw in. But then, as you say, after the 2008 um, uh downturn, <clears throat> Larry Fink and other investment house um, magnates decided that they were going to start voting uh, in favor of left-wing shareholder proposals. And uh, as you pointed out, they use that's using other people's money for their personal policy preferences, and it's always, always to the left. And so once that started, corporations had to start paying heed to these left-wing shareholder proponents. And, and giving in to them uh, to get the shareholder proposals off the ballot or just in off-season uh, uh, negotiations. Now, we, for many years, the Free Enterprise Project of the National Center for Public Policy Research, we were pretty much the only right-of-center shareholder proponents. 
And we've got some allies now. People have really understood on our side that we can't just let corporate executives do anything they want and call it capitalism. Um, but we're still behind the eight ball. And because Larry Fink and the other uh, uh, controllers of capital only vote for left-wing propositions, we've had, uh, we've had a bit of a struggle to get corporations to treat us with the same respect they treat the left-wing proponents, uh, and also to get the FCC, uh, the SEC, because the, the SEC um, discriminates against right-of-center proposals. But we're suing them, and we think that's going to be—we're suing the SEC, and we think that's going to be effective— and we're looking to sue some companies uh, to to break their non their breaches of fiduciary duties. So, it's 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 there's it's possible it's looking way up. Well, it is looking up. You've got this Sololinsky approach here. Make them live by their rules. I love your piece. Conservative shareholders demand BlackRock account for impact of racist policies. That's a proposal that you've brought up. Uh, tell us how that works. Yeah, that's um, that's the one we submitted at BlackRock this year. As as we were talking about earlier, Larry has been telling other corporations that they have to do equity. What the progenitors of equity theory, Ibram Kendi and Richard Delgado and some others have explained, what uh, equity means is discrimination now on the unconstitutional race uh, bases of race, sex, and orientation to make up for other discrimination by other people against other people in the past until equalities of outcome are achieved. So it's racism and other discrimination to achieve socialism. And, you know, as it had, as we, as we said, it's, it's illegal to force discrimination. And so our proposal was, was, was uh, making it clear with Larry Fink in the room to his face uh, that we're on to him and that we're going to follow up and, uh, and take that to court if necessary. Yeah, you point out their blatant hypocrisy. I mean, they claim that they're anti-racist, but to be anti-racist, they're being racist, which is yeah. essentially, you know, this is the flaw of all of the left-leaning policies. They're hypocritical in, in one form or fashion, whether it is on the Green New Deal where we're killing wildlife so that we can have windmills and, and, and we can uh, put solar farms up. We're killing wildlife. We're destroying the environment to protect the environment. And here again, you're calling BlackRock out for their absolute hypocrisy. And they're not just hypocritical there. They're massively hypocritical in China as well, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the hip, hypocrisy goes even deeper. I mean, certainly in China, they're hypocritical because the rules that they apply here at home have no meaning there. All the gay content that Disney uh, forces into Americans' kids' movies, that all gets stripped out for China. All of the environmental rules that are required here, those get ignored in China. Rare earth metals are absolutely required for the green economy, and it still won't do any good. But China controls most rare earth metals, and we could have rare earth metals here, but the environmentalists who support decarbonization also oppose us getting earth, uh, rare earth metals out of the ground here. So they're doing it in other parts of the world will create just as much contamination, but under less stiff uh, uh, controls and, and protections. And so they're making the earth dirty, yeah, which, is, which is high hypocrisy. It's almost as if Larry Fink is uh, pushing America down making money from it, and elevating China as a result. That is essentially what we see BlackRock doing. That's well, exactly right. We're going to need to take another break. Let's, when we come back, let's talk about more about the Free Enterprise Project and what the Back to Neutral Coalition partners are doing to bring America back from woke. 
Scott, we've been talking about how American companies have gone excessively woke, how it hurts America but benefits China. You were telling me a story. Go ahead. Yeah. So Larry Fink uh, supported engine number one that got a bunch of uh, three green activists on Exxon's board of directors. And he's also been using all $9 trillion of BlackRock's assets and the State Street assets are, are doing the same thing to they forced Exxon to sell a major uh, oil play in Vietnam. Exxon was going to, to, to build out that play. Uh, Exxon investors, the American economy was going to get the revenue. Everything was going to be uh, pretty good for, for everybody. Uh, BlackRock forced Exxon to sell that play. Who bought it? A Chinese company that BlackRock and Larry Fink also invest in, which are, it's, it's now going to be exploited. So Larry Fink's influence was just to shift uh, money that was going to come back to American investors in the American economy to China. So the same carbon is going to be created even more because the Chinese have laxer uh, environmental standards and Fink gets uh, gets to use other people's money and take away American capital in order to build his presence in China. It's contemptible. It sounds not just contemptible, it also sounds illegal. I mean, if you think if you have two American companies and you owned both of them or essentially had uh, voting control in both of them and you forced one to give up to the other, uh, the shareholders of the first one would sue instantly because they had economic value stolen. That's a, it sounds like exactly what Larry Fink did. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that at all. I think that he's liable to breach of duty and shareholder derivative actions all across the waterfront. And I hope those will be starting uh, soon. Um, and and, and I, I can't believe that there aren't some kind of national defense laws, right? We went to Goldman this year and said, what you're doing, oh, uh, they uh, have in their global uh, developing market, emerging market fund, uh, Chinese companies that are subsidiaries of the Chinese nuclear developing and manufacturing company. So the nukes aimed at us are being funded by Goldman Sachs investors, and they don't even tell the the uh, the investors about it under a technicality that this is just a sub. The parent is the one who makes the nukes. Well, you know, if if uh, you were investing in Frito Lay and Pepsi, it turned out was making nukes. And you thought that your money wasn't going to make those Pepsi nukes? You'd be out of your mind. Subsidiaries pass the money back to, to uh, um, the parents, and so we're seeing this all over the place, and it has desperate national security implications. Well, and your example—I mean, if it were Frito Lay and Pepsi, presumably they'd be making them for the United States. In this case, they're making nukes that are pointed at the United States. It's you know a thousand times worse. You know, of course, I'm all in favor of investing in American nuclear uh, manufacturing companies because I'm not a, a unilateral disarmament. Uh, armament. I'm not in favor of unilateral disarmament, but I'm certainly not in favor of arming our enemies. That's insane. Yeah, well, you're doing great work because you're bringing these shareholder proposals out that are on the conservative side. You're lighting it up in the media. I appreciate what you're doing. And we've got some new allies like Glenn Beck, you know, also on Blaze TV, who's recognized the Great Reset, the World Economic Forum, Larry Fink, and he's calling it out. Uh, um, but we also have... 
people like your predecessor, Justin Danoff, who's gone with Strive, and we've got uh, us, we're training financial advisors at Liberty University and Economic War Room, we're training uh, investors. Paul Fitzpatrick in the 1792 Exchange Tool, Derek Kreifels, uh, who's uh, leading the charge with states to divest from those that are working against the state interest of the uh, State Financial Officers Foundation, Will Hild at Consumers Research. I mean, there's some, Dan Grant and Second Vote Advisors, Art Alley at the Timothy Plan. I called Art and, and I said, Art, look at what Target is doing. And he just laughed at me. He said, you think we own Target? We caught onto them years ago. And so, you yeah. know, gr great investors were beginning to get the pushback. Tell us what you're seeing in the overall movement. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am for that list you just gave. And there's so many others uh, who we could name. Um, but uh, the excitement comes from the fact that, as I said, for years and years, we were all alone. And my predecessors, you mentioned Justin Danhoff, who went to help found Strive to be a competitor to uh, BlackRock and State Street. Um, for years, he was literally all alone. And so... You know, to have this group, uh, this, this wonderful and growing every month, I think, group of, of fighters against ESG is terrific. We've got state treasurers with Derek Kreifel's group, the, uh, uh, the State Fi Financial Officers Foundation and others. Oh, and Raga, the Republican attorneys general, are working together to get uh, state executive officers involved in this as well. And they're bringing lawsuits and we're seeing other uh, engagement from public interest law firms on the right. It's really a, a very large and, and growing coalition now. And I think we're going to win in the end. No, and we're seeing progress. We're seeing pushback. We're seeing stock market returns. ESG looked like it was unbeatable for a while, uh, but they were anti-energy. And then when oil prices moved up, all of a sudden ESG underperformed. It's a yep. beautiful thing to see the market correct the problems. Free, free enterprise works. It absolutely does. There's no question. And what you're doing at the Free Enterprise Project, and you can learn more at nationalcenter.org forward slash programs forward slash free enterprise project. Is there an easier way to get to your website? Yeah, it's just freeenterpriseproject.org. And, uh, and once you get on there, look around. And if you want to get involved in this in any way, shoot us a note and we'll get back to you because... We're, we're looking to build that ally group any way we can. Yeah, well, we had a great meeting in Hilton Head that uh, Consumers Research pulled together. Uh, I'm inviting all of the coalition to come visit Liberty Hawk Ranch, and we can have a meeting here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, but the work that you're doing is, is exemplary. And it is leading. It's thought leadership, but it's practical action. You're not just writing ideas. You're actually getting out there and in the face of these corporations with shareholder proposals from the right that I look forward to the day when those start winning uh, as regularly as the left's proposals have the past 20 years. We will start winning and taking back America's companies so they can start making money for American shareholders. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the plan. It's going to have to be supported by legislation in the states and by lawsuits and by other moves. But but I think that we, we do have that power or at least to end the whole process of shareholder proposals altogether and then start suing companies to get back to their fiduciary duty and end this stupid era. Yeah, no, it's been a stupid era. It's taken America down the wrong path. It's supported and bolstered China. You know there's been Chinese money uh, throughout the process to weaken America and strengthen their corporations. Okay. 
So Scott, I just want to thank you. You're a great American patriot and hero. You're a great thought leader in this space. And the Free Enterprise Project has all of the support of the Economic War Room and the National Security Investment Consultant Institute. Well, and to hear that from an absolute patriot and hero of the broader cause and, and uh, your involvement in, in our uh, piece of the pie, I just want to thank you so much for having me and thank you for all the work you do. Thank you. Well, we're going to summarize all of this in our free economic battle plan. You can get a copy at economicwarroom.com. Remember, what we see as a marketplace, our enemies view as a battle space. This is Kevin Freeman from the Economic War Room.